Hi, this is Emeka and Elandris, and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast, the 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic, centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience, and explore what it means for us by answering with, so for us, now let's break down this episode's trending topic. Black people make up 13% of the population is a common statistic. But did you also know a 2014 study revealed black women had the most post-secondary degrees in the US and attributed to them being the most educated group? More than 50% of all black professionals come from HBCUs. Nielsen's seventh annual Diverse Intelligence Series report found black women are the biggest trendsetters and influence mainstream culture the most. So I ask you, why do we not feel good enough? I used to teach middle and high school. Seeing young black children say, I am not beautiful or talking black means you're stupid. And seeing some of this language perpetuated by adults was even more disheartening. For years, we have been taught that we are inferior. However, the numbers don't lie. We are far better than these negative stereotypes. So for Alandris, I recommend that we walk into that. This is a method. So for me, this reminds me of one of my first freshman meetings in my dorm in undergrad. It was a Black-themed dorm at one of the top universities in the country, which was also a PWI, and our dorm was 50% Black. This meeting was the first time I heard the term imposter syndrome, and we were told that we might have moments when we questioned how we were accepted into the university and whether we really belonged or just somehow slipped in. And the purpose of the meeting was to affirm us and tell us we absolutely belong there and deserve to be there and to take that knowledge with us into the classrooms and throughout all of our experiences there. That has stuck with me. And sad to say, I and many other Black women I know continue to suffer from imposter syndrome from time to time. I think it's important that in the same way my dorm did freshman year, we have to affirm ourselves and each other to remind us no matter how others may treat us, we absolutely belong and deserve to be exactly where we are at. So we've seen this on social media, how younger generations and even some older generations have been struggling with identity, uh, trying to find their place in the world and in the workplace, feeling like all of the hard work and education meant something as they were going through it. And only to be told when they get to these places that they've worked so hard to get to, it's not your time. You have to work harder. Yet you're being asked to train someone who could become your future manager. You are the go-to person to figuring things out. You're meeting metrics. And when it comes down to you asking for that promotion, that job, that opportunity, you're rejected because you're told that certain things about you are not good enough. And I think sometimes that negative reaction to all of the hard work that we give is not necessarily on us. It it doesn't necessarily mean that it is something wrong with us because we've done the work. We've gotten everything that we needed to do. 
And I just want to know, like, I want to know how do you get yourself out of that negative self-talk? What is something that has gotten you through the negative uh, reactions when you've been rejected or you've had to uh, be the backbone uh, and push and elevate somebody else after you know that you should be in that place of elevation? What has gotten you through? Um, I mean, sometimes you have to take a moment to step back and remind yourself who you are, um, what you've done and accomplished, you know, all the things that you already knew because that's why you had the expectation that you would get that promotion or that opportunity or whatever. Like you already knew that, but like, you know why you qualify, but sometimes you just need to take time to just go through that list for yourself and remind yourself of who you are. If their response to you kind of makes you question it, right. That mm-hmm. degree on your wall, that didn't just come out of nowhere. Like you put in hard work for that. Those years of experience on your resume didn't come out of nowhere. Like you put in those years, right. You put in that work. Um, also, um, remembering who you are outside of those things as well. Um, mm you know, as a Christian, remembering yourself as a Christian, what that means and what God has for you, taking time and and talking to him in prayer, uh, talking to your support system, right? Uh, Because hopefully you have a support system that uh, is about lifting you up. And they sometimes will step in to remind you of exactly who you are, right? Um, So, I mean, those are the first things that come to mind for me, basically to remember who you are and all the things that you, you've done. Yeah. So I'm hearing lists. I'm hearing prayer. I'm hearing meditation. I'm hearing reflection. So like for me, I think that list, keeping that list is a form of affirmation. Like just mm-hmm. reminding you, like um, I've, I used to put stickers on my mirror and I need to get back to doing this, just putting stickers on my mirror to reminding me who I am on a regular basis when things mm-hmm. don't feel like I'm, when I don't feel like I'm being my best or when I feel like I'm not at my best because it gets hard. You get into the uh, redundancy of getting up, going to work, going home, doing your routine. You start to lose track of who you are outside of those things. And so having that list, having those signs of affirmation uh, helps remind you why you get up every morning, why you do the things that you do, um, what you overcame in the past to help you overcome things in the future. Like I I think journaling is a really good, um, really, really good um, component of this too. Like I, um, I journal not as much as I like, but I do journal. And sometimes I go back and read over my journals and I remember what I asked God for um, as I was praying for them. And sometimes I just, uh, I'm amazed at how far like God has brought me and my family um, after writing those down, asking for it in prayer, like being deeply rooted and being deeply focused on what it is that I'm after and finding my purpose and why I'm doing something. So when I get those negative 
um, reactions to things that I know, like I worked hard for and somebody's telling me like, I don't deserve it or I don't need to be in this position. I can be like, okay, so now this gets to the road of, do I know myself worth enough to keep going here? Or do I know myself worth enough to walk away from this because it no longer serves me? Right. And speaking to that, because I feel like a lot of what we said is, which is very important, looking kind of at our past, what we've done, what we've overcome, what we've been through, what we've accomplished, but also the motivation of looking ahead. Mm. Where are we trying to go? Um, And for me, because I'm a planner, even just making out that plan um, and having something specific to work towards so that even when, you know, someone is kind of being a hindrance or derailing it or whatever, that doesn't take away from your end goal, where you're trying to get to. Um, and so you would be motivated to be like, okay, so it's not going to happen this way. So how do I need to rearrange it to still get there so that your focus isn't on whatever doesn't seem to be going your way, but your focus continues to be on how am I still going to make this happen? And it's just keeping it in a very productive mindset, but also not completely being focused on that because it is important to enjoy the moment and being yes. in the present and um, not being so focused on the future time that you never appreciate where you're at today you know Mm -hmm. if you're always looking at what's next you don't take the time to be like wow like look at where I'm at um look at what I have right now that's such a blessing and so great because you're so focused on looking for what's next the bigger house the next car or whatever um but I think having that plan or that strategy that you're working for can also be helpful in kind of negating the negative talk because you just you have to keep focus you can't let one door closing just completely take you down you just have to keep going absolutely we talk about the internal part of it but I do have a question about the external factors what are some struggles that black women have faced in the past that seem to hinder us today uh, from accomplishing in your opinion from accomplishing our goals whether it's as an entrepreneur an educator or buying a new home buying a new car healthcare, what are some things that um that some obstacles that come our way specifically because we are black women and no matter how much education we have no matter how much experience we have no matter how much money we face uh, no much how matter i'm sorry no much no matter how much money we may have there are certain struggles that impact our daily lives what are some that you think of um that could have had you say I give up but I'm still going to keep going what are some struggles that you've seen black women face specifically well that would be hard to do because we said we're going to keep this to a 30 minute show (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and there's so much because I mean even like when you were talking about um you know, no matter your experience or education level, one of the things that we all face. And one of the things that came to mind, because I think I recently like read an article about it, is like just looking at, um, it was an article about Black maternal health uh, mm-hmm. for Black women. And, you know, if you read those articles and about the studies that have been done, um, you know, 
maternal health in the United States is pretty poor compared to the West, rest of like the Western world. But then it's even worse for Black women. And then if you look into what the studies have found, and it, it doesn't matter like income level, level of the Black woman, we all um, have a of some poor outcomes um, when it comes to maternal health. Uh, so kind of similar to what you had said about no matter experience, education level, what have you. And what some of those articles say is, well, one of the only things that can really explain how can it impact Black women in this way, and it doesn't matter what our differences are as Black women, is because part of it comes down to racism. And some of them say like, racism within like the healthcare system and then some say also just um trauma generational trauma mm. um and so when I think about struggles that black women are facing that I guess would hinder us is it's so much right it's our health it's our mental health it is um not feeling safe in all situations whether right. it's actually like physically safe um or even um safe to completely be ourselves right um and have like I've had conversations with friends uh, about how on the one hand you feel like you have to be like super professional right because we don't get that other people get but then on the other hand you kind of get you lose points in that in the workspace because they feel like you're too like you know, not friendly enough or don't socialize enough. But then if you get too comfortable, then you're opening doors to other issues. So, Or you're not working hard enough. (laughs) Right. So it's like you can't, it's it's a lot of stuff. Um, And then of course you're black and you're a woman. So you get get both sides, right? You get uh, you face the disparity that all black people face you face the disparity that all women face um in the workplace and you see that in like the wage gap you see that in the promotion and career advancement gaps uh, you see it in um things like you know studies found in law firms sometimes it's hard for um black women to move up on like the partner track and some um articles said part of that is because you know it's kind of about a partner or someone who's already a partner kind of really, I guess, like I'm having like a brain fart right now, but basically, you know, getting someone who's pulling for you and getting others to be like, oh yeah, okay, let's make this person a partner. But it's hard to build those relationships with people who are partners or it's typically like older white men, just because they're not going to really you as easily as someone who they feel like they would have more in common right and that could sometimes be just based off of assumptions right they don't have that much in common with you and so that could be or that has shown to be a hindrance like in that industry in particular there's really there's so much I don't (laughs) there is there is so much and I get you I I totally get you because like I think about I think about Shikari who just ran into uh, no pun intended, who just got into like some issues over marijuana. Like here she is doing everything that she can. She's talented. She just lost her mother. She got found out with um, having 
marijuana in her system and she was rejected from competing in the Olympics and she's talented, extremely talented. But then you have uh, Rapino, who is a part of the Olympics. She's a white woman and she's pushing cannabis. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you just took away an opportunity from a young black girl who's extremely talented, who's extremely gifted, who just overcame so much and you give it to someone else. And it's like, you guys are competing, not necessarily in the same sport, but in the same Olympics. But the opportunity is different because the punishments, which we have seen historically for black people, but especially for black women are always harsher. And the difference is, skin color and at some point diff, uh, gender I, I think I, it, it brings me into like a sense of in, internal rage when I see things like that happen because it's like could you imagine everything this this young woman overcame just to get to this point only to have it ripped away from her and then given to somebody else not even a month after this happened to her you know, and, and you say, I did everything right. I did the work. I didn't take any steroids. I didn't do, um, I, I showed up to every track meet. I showed up, I did all the, the training. I did everything that I was supposed to do, but I had one moment where I lost my mother and I did something where it was, I smoked weed where it was legal. And you got it in my system, you found it in my system when I was in the Olympics. It is not an, a performance enhancing drug. And you say that it's wrong and you tell me how wrong it is and you take everything from me only to give it to someone else. And it's the same thing that I use for free. And I just felt like I feel like that is how it's like being it, it is like the most accurate depiction of what it's like being a black woman in corporate America, whether it's uh, being in education or in the law field, it's like every single time, like you do everything right. And you, of course, we're going to keep going. Of course, we're going to try to overcome as much as we can. But sometimes it gets frustrating. Sometimes it brings you to the brink of, do I want to keep doing this? Do I want to keep giving my all only to have it ripped away from me, no matter how hard I work? And I'm glad that we got a chance to talk about getting out of these funks with negative self-talk, getting out of negative self-talk. But I also want us to realize that sometimes it ain't got nothing to do with us. A lot of these external factors are pushing us out of opportunities and out of life-changing experiences and no matter how hard we try, we don't have to change who we are. It is just the luck of the draw and the people that we encounter that hold the power. And I don't want us to also, I don't want Black women to feel like there is something wrong with you when you know you have worked hard for it. And so that was, that's why I asked that question, because I want us to, I want Black women to feel empowered even when they are rejected. Um I have a follow-up question because this kind of segues into my, my last question. How has the phrase be twice as good in order to be, to get half influenced the way that you have moved throughout your education and your career? Cause that's a common phrase that I grew up hearing. Did you hear this phrase? And if so, how did it help you? Um, so it's interesting. I don't know if I heard it that way. 
be twice as good. I think I've heard it like be twice as good to get just as much, um, but mm -hmm. probably in order to get half is probably more accurate. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right? Um, I heard it, but I feel like I kind of heard it in like initially in like TV or like people kind of sharing their experiences. So it's not something that I necessarily like grew up with like parents or family telling me that. Mm -hmm. Um. I just, I'm a, I don't know. I was just naturally driven myself. So I don't, I don't think it actually impacted like me education wise also because I really love school. I mean, I love tech. So, I mean, I was probably doing twice as much as some people anyway, Same. just because, <laughs> just because I thought it was fun. So. <laughs> yes, I, I feel uh, that. I feel that. <laughs> um, but definitely career wise, um, it, I don't think it was so much like I took that in because I don't think it's right that we would have to work twice to get and certainly not to get half. So it's not um, like it was um, a phrase that guided me on how I would behave because just knowing how I think about things, that wouldn't work for me because I wouldn't be like, okay, let me go work twice as hard. I would be like, okay, how do I dismantle that? <laughs> like, right. But... I think more so in my career, it was, it impacted my career more so in the way that a realization that that was happening without me right. trying to live up to that. Seeing other people who I know aren't working as hard as me, not as doing as much work or as complicated work and seeing them get praised or promoted um, I'll, <laughs> I don't know if I should say it or not. But there was a time when um, a supervisor or someone who was over a department came to our department and praised one of the department members for taking food to our corporate office and the department was so disturbed by it because at the same time we knew that this person like barely in the office not really doing much work and so to have the person who's over the office praise someone for that while we're all like working our butts off um was frustrating but that was one of those um mm. examples where it's just a reminder so definitely having the constant reminder that i guess kind of the inverse of that someone not have the work and getting more than maybe they should they should get based on what everyone else is getting right. <laughs> compared to them um so definitely you see that that kind of comes down to um a conversation I've had with some of my friends who also worked in corporate America or actually specifically my black women friends about um this thing where it's almost like black women will go into work and work really hard with this expectation that um, promotions, advancement, opportunities, um, good evaluations are merit-based. It's based off your work production, but what you will find is that it feels like Companies are comfortable keeping hardworking Black women in their same mm. positions, working hard, keeping this department running, getting it done, and promoting the other people who are just 
good people person, right? They they hang out with them. They socialize with them. They're not necessarily the people pushing out the actual good work products, right? And I've had those conversations where we're like, okay, are we are we doing this the wrong way? Um, (laughs) Yeah, because it's more about likability than it is about productivity. Yes. It's like, I'm doing the work. I'm making sure it's done right. I'm double checking it, making sure there's no errors on it. I'm getting it done timely. I'm cranking it out. And I keep getting passed over. They keep hiring someone above me and asking me to train them. And I had to train them because this person got promoted, not because of their work product, but like you said, because their likability. And it's hard for you to build likability, going back to what we discussed earlier, when you have to be super professional as a black woman because of the stereotypes they have about you. But then you're penalized for being super professional also because you're not social enough. But if you become too social and comfortable, then you start to get penalized for that because it's differently when we do the same thing. So right. I mean, Absolutely. And I get that because it's like you're damned if you do and damned if you don't, because I feel like they know that black women will come into workplaces no matter where it is and do the work because they know we are the backbone of so much and keeping things afloat. Historically, that is that has been the role of black women uh, since we have been brought to this country. We have kept families together. We have kept houses running. We have kept businesses afloat. We have balanced diversity when we are the ones that are being attacked. We are the ones that they call on to be the face to say, hey, we care about black people. Look, we got a black woman up front. We can't be racist. We can't be sexist. We have an intersectionality. Um, We have a person that is in the intersection of both. So how can we be this? But at the same time, you're forgetting you have black employees. You're forgetting that you have black people who are applying for that home loan, who are applying for that car loan, who are trying to get their kids into this uh, this decent school with all the resources that haven't been afforded to black schools, black and brown schools where there are food deserts. You know, I, I think it's like a constant reminder that sometimes even though we work twice as hard, we may only get half, but it seems like that half turns into maybe even a fourth or even less than a fourth because it's like we're still, we're giving our all and it seems to be overlooked and you get frustrated, but you want to push for the next generation that comes behind you to be able to step into a place where you did it, you made sure that somebody else can walk through that door behind you so that it doesn't, the cycle doesn't continue as bad as it has been. And I just want to say, despite what has been historically said about us, we have proven time and time again, that we are greater than the negative portrayals of Black women. We have earned our rightful place as leaders trendsetters, and so much more. This month, I hope that Black women get to walk into their purpose. And I insist, I just want to, I want to remind you that you deserve to be in the position that you are in. You have worked hard for it. You are educated enough. You are, you are experienced enough. You are the standard. You are what you have been searching for. 
So don't let any of these negative connotations, these negative uh, impacts deter you from whatever whatever it is that your purpose is, whatever it is that your goal is um, to get you to the next level where you want to be and have you comfortable in your life. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So For Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at So For Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is So For Us.